Hey guys, how you living? You feeling good? You feeling groovy and cool? That's awesome. Good. So, in this episode, my buddy Jeff Thomas that I've talked about in previous episodes is here. We talked about music and all things music and how we feel about music and all sorts of different things. We like uh, what uh, what made you want to be an artist or when did you realize you were doing it? What's the first thing you learned? Blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking about Nashville and how shitty uh, some of the music coming out of there is. But there is still hope for uh, good music to be coming. So uh, all of that, um, I think the artists that uh, he says to, and I let him do the, the listen to and watch this week. So the artists that he's, he suggested were Aaron Lee Tashjian, uh Tyler Childers, and can't remember the other one. Oh well, you'll see. Jeff, what was the other one? American Aquarium. American Aquarium, that was it. Uh, so, um, also, the Hulu original featuring Jeff Daniels of The Newsroom, which I suggested uh, watch The Newsroom. Uh, what, what was the name of that thing? The Looming Tower. Perfect. Brother Jeff still in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, first guest ever, stole the thunder from West Standish, hey Uh, so yeah, that's that. Here's a music episode, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's Merle's Only Stuff, episode number 18. Enjoy, folks. Yahtzee. Yahtzee, let's check a little micage here. You don't want to get in there a little... Yahtzee, sir. Scoot that into your... Uh... Microphone check, one, two. One, two. What is this? Yeah, let's see. Maybe... Hey, 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 hey. Let me back off a little bit here. Try that again. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. We're not singing. We're just talking, right? Yeah, we're so, just talking. So I need to keep it like conversational level. Yeah, you could. I usually, I usually had that thing there bent down a little public bit to kind of give you. Yeah, public speaking level. That's what there we're doing. There you go. Public speaking level. Public speaking level. So, uh, podcast world. This is episode number eighteen of Merle's Little Stuff. Brother Jeff Thomas in the house. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Talking to the world. We got we got audio and video. Now, what's funny is the video usually cuts out. So at some point during this, I'm going to have to get up and restart this again, uh, it, it, undoubtedly. But the last time I did it, it, I had it plugged in. So maybe being plugged in and charging gets the heat up on it and makes it quit. We'll I have a know. blooper reel for sure. We'll have a blooper reel for sure. So first official guest, ladies and gentlemen, Brother Jeff Thomas of the Apron Strings which is a double yeah. entendre. Is that the word? It, it's a, yeah, it's a word. Yeah, it's a word. Yeah. Is that yeah, the word it, it I'm is. looking for? It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's a pun. It's a double entendre. Yeah. So, uh, a, you know, all all the all the bluegrassy type bands, you know, always have the strings. Yeah. In it, and um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't think of anyone that hadn't been used. So we uh, we borrowed liberally from a Elizabeth Cook's radio show called The Apron Strings. Oh, nice. And okay. so it's kind of down home, and um, there's a whole bunch of picking and grinning going on. Hell yeah, man. So uh, 
I was, I was, I was, I got a little list of things that we're going to talk about, which we talked about beforehand. But I, I have to ask you this now: What's it like making music with your wife? It's the best of times, and it's most of the best of times. <laughs> but occasionally, it breaks you down. But no, she keeps me honest because I'm used to playing a lot of solo stuff yeah. where you can kind of just like, yeah, for sure. You know, you can you can Do call audibles and just roll. You know, but um, you know, we got to sing together, and that's been a work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she brings a lot of things to the table, you know, uh, with a, a female voice, we get to do a lot of different songs and kind of opens the whole thing up to harmonies and duets and stuff. So it's, uh, it's been great, yeah. but, um, uh, but you know, you know, you always, that's just every musician's dream, you know, man, I tell you what, being in a relationship, it's not easy being in a band. It's not easy. Do that, like 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 Jason and Amanda, yeah, that's, that's and and Derek and Susan, like yeah. th- those are you know, and David and Jillian, those are you know, super duper goals. Out yeah, there. that's that's something that I I just can't, I don't know, I can't fathom because I'm a I'm just a dick. Right, it gets it gets tough sometimes. <laughs> well, well, I I'm I'll if you you're a listener you've heard me say many times that I, I i sort of project my will or my uh mindset into other people's lives you know what i mean to where i like i assume that it, i assume that everybody else feels the same way that i do and i'm like just a hard person to be in a band with which i've been making an effort lately to to fix that but i was just like man i don't know how i could me like i i could deal with worrying that i'm gonna ruin something that big in my life but it's so cool because you guys do it very well and <clears throat> I, I i wish that i could do that and that's something that i admire about y'all well thank you first off kelsey and uh we we never really expected this would be a thing where we're going to play like out of town on friday and you know yeah. a couple fridays coming up um but yeah I mean, we, we we always like music she grew up singing and you know, church yeah. and playing piano and that kind of thing, and right on. And I was just like a hippie guitar player kind of guy, and um, <laughs> like I guess around time, like uh, I won't say how many years ago, but when she had a, you know around thirty or so, she started grabbing my guitar and playing, and I was like, you might as well learn you a song or two. So yeah, I started exactly. learning like you know Allison Krauss and Jillian Welch, and then then I made her get on stage. Little little uh, uh, red clay halo. I don't know what that is. Oh man, you never heard that Gillian Watt song? Oh, oh, I'm, I thought you were talking about like a band or something. No, no, oh, no, no, no. No, we were off the like the revival album. A lot of it, you know, like a lot of the real Appalachian stuff. And, yeah, you know, and it just kind of it's simple. It's a good starting point for anybody who's going to learn how to play guitar. Start simple. Oh, absolutely. Don't don't try to take on the world right off the bat. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. What was the first song you learned how to play? Um, well, uh, my dad had a guitar and he knew, like, he was like one of those guys who knew like a little bit of a song, a little bit yeah, of a song. Yeah. So I learned a little bit of Blackbird oh, right like, when on. I was in yeah, like sixth grade first one. and I learned how to do like the cool, like uh harmonic chime part from like roundabout with the thing. Oh, nice. But that was pretty much it. Everything else was self-taught until I got into about high school and then, uh, me and like my best friend, Jason Rush, shout out Jason Rush. Um, we both kind of like dug in and, you know, had somebody to play off of for, for a while there. Yeah. That's cool, man. I, same here, man. I started, uh, mine was, you are my sunshine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my granddad was like, you learn these three chords right here and you can play anything. And, and he was, he was, he wasn't wrong. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, man, 
just being able to figure out, and we, we, we're lucky because we had the beginning stages of the internet and, and that's like, I, that I learned on the internet. I literally learned like, I really? would, yeah, I would look and find out what, I don't know. I'd get the chords of songs and play them and then be like, I'd get a chord and I'd be like, that's not right. And then I would actually listen to the song and try to play that there and just you know, fuck around with the chords until I got the one that was right. Wow. And like, yeah, say, so same here. My granddad showed me a couple of, a couple of chords and then I went from there. So there there's like a, a small and slight gap in our age, which is not apparent because we're yeah. like, you know, peers and buddies and all that. But, uh, literally that's the difference like five or six years makes. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I, I graduated college and I never even owned a computer. <laughs> in 1999, you graduated college in 99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I graduated high school in 05. So yeah. So you know, there's there's a bit of a difference, but you know, I do that now. It's super easy. Like I I print stuff up and work through it and all that. Yeah. But, uh, correct it, of course. But uh, no, that must have been different, you know. But uh, I feel like it's, you know, where I learned the, the most about playing guitar, going out and watching people play. Same here. Same here, You man. can take all the online lessons you want. In the later years. Get you a teacher. I see. Or go out and watch Terry Amaker from D- the Mullets. Man, Terry tear it is down. a clinic. Is he not? I've been watching that guy for years. Okay. There's a whole bunch of them. Okay. But, but he, he, he was one that was, was all in a, you know, a lot of, you know, Trey McManus from the drag. Like, how to use effects 101. Brian oh, McKenzie's another guy like that, too. Like... You, you learn all these things like you don't learn it yeah. from a guy on YouTube. This is a Myrtle Beach music lore. Uh, this is going to turn up, turn into a, a Myrtle Beach music lore podcast by the end, and I know it, and I'm so stoked about this. Uh, so one time I got to be on stage with Terry, and I like, I got on stage and and Bob let me let me play as as a telly, and I was like I, I just I loved to like. I don't know. I wanted to see Terry like be the monster. I wanted to see that come out. Yeah. So I poked at him with a few leads, you know, and man, it's just great to sit there and watch somebody who is just an absolute wizard do their work. Like Terry is a monster, two pedals, a tuner yeah. and one drive pedal. And, and, and the rest is right here. The yeah. rest is this, this is where your tones at ladies and gentlemen. Somebody told me along, actually Alex Austin told me a long time ago that Eric Clapton can grab your guitar with your effects and everything and it'll still sound like Eric Clapton because that's where your your tones in your right hand or left hand. I don't know my right from my left. It's a true story. I never really learned it. I always say it wrong first. Well, that's cool. Um, but yeah, no, he, he is totally right. And that goes for, you know, yep. every, you know, for you, for me, for Eddie Van Halen, you know, every, you know, you, you make it sound like you and, I'm not good at making it sound like everybody else, but uh, like you know, like Derek Trucks and Marcus King, those guys, they're all minimalists. Yeah, absolutely. And they just they're they're like Derek. His guitar sings. His, his guitar sounds like a voice more, more almost uh, more than it does guitar when he plays. And that's just how do you do that? Well, he's he's coming from a different different place. But and, and I do like effects. You know, yeah. I, I like I like I like to, to to play with things and stuff. But um, but yeah. Let's let's uh let's rein it in a little bit. Yeah, well, no, nah, we, we're this is a this is one that's going to be impossible to uh, uh to rein in because I never get to talk about music and I'm just stoked uh, to be yeah. able to. Yeah, the to, horse is out of the barn. The, yeah, indeed, and it's 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 rampant. 
So, when did you realize you were actually going to be doing this music thing? When, what, what was the point when you were like, okay, so I'm in it now? Okay. Like, uh, like as a job or as like, like, as like I'm going to yes. always play guitar? Not as a job, but like that you're, you are a musician. Like, okay. So, Not professionally per se, but. Well, I, it, it became apparent. I, actually, I told this story just, uh, just recently. I remember, uh, you know, I was never like a great athlete, but I was a good enough athlete to make all-stars one time in basketball. And we had to do a tournament in Hartsville. And it happened to be, it was, it was right around eighth grade or, Foxes. or maybe ninth grade. And um, it was right around the time I wasn't old enough to really go out to like bars or anything to see music. That yeah. would come later. But it was like a festival. It was like an Earth Day festival. And uh, Billy Wright and Damon Bradley played it. And uh, like... Bart Collins and a whole bunch of people, like old school people like that from Myrtle Beach. And uh, I had to go to this tournament. And I was still, you know, team player. We went and got whooped by Georgetown first round, missed the concert. And I was like, well, I reckon I'm going to get more on this guitar. So, like, pretty much all through high school, I would either I would get out of school, I'd check the waves, no waves. I'd either uh, play guitar or skateboard if I didn't have to work. And uh, that was, like, a good four years of like foundation of living around here. You know, I didn't do yeah. sports for all of high school. I was just like, you know, doing school and playing guitar and surfing and stuff. Now, did you go to Myrtle beach? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, so yeah, for those who, and I'm sure that this is mostly, uh, locals who are listening, but if for any reason, some random non-locals listen, check the waves is a term you hear a lot around here. I'll, and that's a that's a world that's unbeknownst to me. I've never been on a board in my life, yeah. And I've lived here for twelve years, but then again, I'm a giant, and it's impossible to. to it was easier when we were kids. Y- yeah, well, that that's what I hear. I did skate. Yeah, there, that 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 similar the, life. The guitar and skate world is very very hand in hand. There was rarely ever a skate a, a people skating involved when there wasn't a dude with a guitar. Somewhere okay. around. That's cool. Yeah. And that was one of the like that was one of the first times when I realized that man, I'm actually doing this. You know, when you're hanging out with a bunch of friends in a parking lot randomly, and the guitar comes out, and you you're the first time you actually play, and a group of people singing the same song. You know, and like that's just okay. So these people dig this. Like this is a way I could get people to like me. <laughs> you know where the like you know where the like the biggest like punk rock skate scene around here was? Where? Conway, South Carolina. Really? No bullshit. Conway. Man, I could name check all these guys like Scott Small and the photographer, uh, like Jason Benton, um, Nick McNeil. Oh, man, there's so many of them. But, man, there was all those guys could skate. All those guys played in punk rock bands. Uh, Jody Lewis. They had a band called Point Blank. They had a band called Minus One. And it was like. Adam Justice is going to know all these names. Ad, yeah, Adam definitely know all these guys. But uh, this was – I'm a little bit older than Adam. But, like, uh, from, like, say, like, 94 to, like, 98. Yeah. Those guys were – I mean, we went to – one of the – like, I was in 10th, 10th grade maybe. Uh, so that had been, like, 92, maybe 93, 92, 93, depending on which part of the year it was. But uh, they rented out, like, the Fireman's Clubhouse out in Conway. Yeah. And had a five-band show. Like, bands from Florida came up. Uh, the drag played. And there was 400 kids there. Holy shit. <laughs> or, you know, something like, seemed like a lot at the time. For Conway shit. You know, like, you know. And that's Conway in 1990-something. You know, which is not even like... Conway's got some cool stuff going on now, by the way. Check it out. 
Oh yeah, um, like the the river the river. Uh, yeah, man, the apron strings would be at bonfire Saturday from seven to ten. Oh, Come check shit. it out. Um, yeah, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, Conway has always had like uh, you know, it, you know, if you're not, I don't know, you're gonna like I think like comic books and like punk rock had a lot to do with the skating thing. Oh, and yeah. it all just kind of like manifested because what you gonna do? You would never expect that. Uh, I, I personally would never expect that because I don't think that when I hear Conway. I used to work in high school in uh, Surf City, which is, you know, like like the, the Myrtle Beach version of Village. You know, like it's like, you know, the, the local spot. And I had a Surf City board when I was. Yeah, I ran the skate department. All those guys from Conway would always come and get like, you know, wheels, trucks, you know, new decks, all that stuff. Huh. So, you know, Lake City. We had guys from Lake City that would come down here just to hang out and skate. Lake and stuff. City. I know all about that joint. Yeah, I don't nothing about it, but those guys used to always come down and skate with us and stuff. Huh. Interesting. You'd never, you'd never think, you'd never think to uh, put Conway on that. Conway is the, is the, in my mind, the big tires and big trucks that aren't lifted right. And there is certainly that. Actually, that's more Aner probably. No, I mean, that's everywhere. <laughs> but there was a definitely like a really tight knit crew, and it. I mean, for some reason, like Conway was like a, like the '80s was like you know the Bones Brigade era. It was like oh, yeah. punk rock and skate, and it just caught on like crazy because you know we all surfed over here at the beach yep and they were all hard skaters and my friend billy king who uh go see billy king at king's produce stand get your boiled peanuts and shrimp and stuff down in garden city but uh he's from conway yeah and he was in a he was in a band around here called the drag and he told me all kind of funny stories about skating guys out in the country with half pipes because they all had you know the roads weren't paved so they all had ramps yeah exactly you know everybody built a ramp he's like dude these guys be out there skating in like duck boots and they had like country ass names for shit they'd be like tater air and stuff like that it was it was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) this is great you're hearing about half pipes in a place that didn't have paved fucking roads (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah anyway yeah but but that, that those worlds go hand in hand with each other like if you were part of the skate world you definitely knew a shitload of musicians and so you you hear things like this about conway and you think man that's not what's and that's not what this 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 town is known for in my mind so i feel the same way about nashville like you hear about some of the stuff that's coming out of Nashville, and it used to be like a, it used to be the the country music mecca. I'm so glad you brought this up. It, okay, it, it used to be the country music mecca, and now it is just the. It, it, there's no genre you can put on it. Hollywood East. Yeah, it, it's or something maybe like that. Yeah, it, it's definitely Nash Vegas. Yeah, Nash Vegas for sure. So you ever. Did you ever think about going anywhere like that or Austin or or somewhere outside of uh, the Myrtle Beach area? Well, you know, like if I was doing this my younger days, I might have yes. approached that and certainly would not have been certainly would not have been prepared and would probably got chewed up and spit out. Yep. You know, because there's a there's a pile of talented folks. And I actually visited Nashville once. You know, we just wanted to like kind of get a feel for it. And it was a. Uh, you know, it was like a little hustle, a little touristy. Like, you know, we just went to Savannah. We found the same the same row. It's just like tourist okay. row, you know. But uh, huh. I don't know. Like, I I feel like, you know, sometimes, like, we're, like, in a bit of a bubble. Like, you know, every morning I get up and check check my music stuff and all that and 
read about, you know, Isbell and Sturgill and oh, Mar- yeah. Margo, you know, saving and changing Nashville and all that. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm on board because I'm listening to all that. You are, yeah, same deal. you know, loving it. And our friends are too. But when I go play a random gig and then I go on break and they throw on the radio, I don't know any of the stuff. Yeah, dude. And they don't know any of the stuff. They're like, you know, like, I, you know, I throw them bones, but they don't, you know, they definitely don't know, like, same here. What's going on with John Moreland or, you know, I mean, that's yeah. an extreme example, but, you know, Jason oh, Isbell. I, I play the fuck out of John Moreland. Yeah. All the time. I mean, and, and if people listen, they, they're, they're probably pretty moved because that's some moving yeah, stuff. Absolutely. But they're not. But once they realize, uh, you probably noticed it too, once people realize that they're, that they don't know the song, they stop listening. Usually, but anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to it depends. It depends on where you're at, but yeah, that happens. And then, you know, this is the it's the life we chose. Hey, absolutely. But um, you know, and, and when it's it's good, you know, it's really great when you when you get surprised and somebody like catches wind of what you're doing and they start coming and talking your language. Oh, dude, that's and that happens more often thing. than it ever used to. Yep, so true story. the tide is revolution is shifting here. a little bit. You know, there's 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 stuff out there that's getting people te- people's attention and absolutely. I. uh so, um, speaking of, uh, Jason and Sturgill and John Moreland and all these guys. So I figured that from this point on in the conversation, we are probably, I, I'm just going to give this disclaimer real quick. I don't want to offend anybody, but a lot of the things that I'm going to be saying and, and I, Jeff, probably the same, may offend someone's musical tastes. And I apologize for that. I do not intend that. But the this this podcast is a result of a co- of a small conversation that was had on Facebook the other day. There you go. And there is a one Cardi B in question. I mean, she 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 she's not the only one, but she happened to be fresh on the the mind and yes. I just seen her on Saturday Night Live and and yeah, I'll just claim that, you know, I'm not anti new music and I'm not anti hip hop by any means. I if you like old school hip hop, I have a Facebook group called Boombox, Hip Hop's Golden Era, where we post all kind of like Oh shit for real. Dope ass shit for real. But you gotta come, you know, Wu Tang, Biggie, Tupac, and before, preferably before. Like, if you put like anything, did you notice what records on? Outcast definitely <laughs> gets you in the door. But if, yeah, but you know, like we're yeah. Anyway, but that's a sad thing. So I'm pro hip hop. I'm pro new music, and there's lots of it out there. But uh, this all happened because, you know, I like my serious radio. I spend a lot of time in the car. I hate commercials. I had about eight months or something like that where my radio was busted when I got a new car, and uh, I couldn't believe, like, that situation. But anyway, um, so there's a jam station where a lot of bands I like are on, and I flip around a lot, a lot of Outlaw Country, a lot of Beatles Station, and, you know, all kind of stuff. But um, they took over that station and were streaming Coachella for, like, the longest week ever. <laughs> and like you know, at first I was like, "Oh, they're streaming Coachella. This is just for the weekend." And then it was Monday, and it was Tuesday. Like we drove back from Savannah, and this was going on. But you know, again, there's plenty of things to listen to. But when we did listen and try to give it an objective mind, it was pretty frightening, you know. And you know, my buddy Danny, he went to Coachella years ago. He saw Oasis and The Strokes and all kind of bands like that, and 
you know, David Byrne played, and there was a couple bands that, you know, I kind of listened to, but, but man, like Post Malone and Cardi B, and like, I sound old, and I'm not even ashamed of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because I'm pro-hip-hop all day long, but this is, I don't know what's going on. This is awful. Like, I heard a song, a country song last night on break at my gig, and it was, uh, this dude said something about a little Conway and a little T-Pain. He put Conway Twitty and T-Pain in the same line in a country song. Conway Fitty. Conway Fitty. And, and this is, and, and I'm not, I'm not, nothing against T-Pain at all. I just, I'm like, is a country going to be country and hip-hop going to be hip-hop? Or is everything just going to blend in together and make this, this uh, like, like mixing all the colors together? You know what I mean? And, and, and Well, you know, like, you know, we got the big festival coming and more power to the people who are going to yeah. go to that and have a big old time. And everybody's going to make some money and it's going to be, you know, a great thing for Myrtle Beach. I'm not down in that, but like. So, like, I kind of don't – I live in a, a different universe. Like, just like Kelsey said, I don't hear these songs until I go on break at a gig usually. Yes. Or, yep. like, I'm at some random situation where it comes on. And then people start singing along, and it's really surreal. I feel like I'm, like, living yeah. in a cave in the woods or something. Absolutely. But, uh, but, like, what's that guy? Like, the one – something about a house party. Yeah. And something like that. And, like – that doesn't sound remotely like country to me. Like it sounds like it sounds like '80s, or not like. It, it's like, like I mean, I'm not even down in Glee or like any of there that. There you go. It sounds it, like you know, it's, song. it's very like yep. like like Disney Channel. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Disney Channel, and I think the production is a lot of that because um, I actually did a gig one time with a real earnest country fella uh, named Travis Ridley. Uh, he will never hear this probably, but um, never know. You know, but he, you know, he was really into that, like, you know, like Rain Travis, like George Strait, like, oh yeah, like, like that, you know, not even like pure country, yeah, like for real. <laughs> but you know, he knew we had to work, and I, I played lead with him one night, and it was just two acoustics. But he was even doing like these, some of these Luke Bryan songs, which were written by Chris Stapleton, a, f- a few uh, yep, of them. Yep. But you know, strip them down; they're not awful songs. But that whole like huge hand clap, like it's like fireworks are going off in the yeah. speakers, like that's what kind of kills it yeah it takes it into like sh- like a, a different thing and that, like i said what i like is probably not what everybody else likes and same here but uh apparently like i, I struck a nerve a whole bunch of people agree with me about like the the coachella thing like I oh try- yeah i tried to look up the attendance numbers today because i was really curious i know it's a big thing and i w- wanted to see like how many people actually like, i've seen pictures of like you know the edm guys yeah and if you want to like groove out to some house music or something like that I'm sure that's a good place to do it. There's, you know, but whoo, that's a lot of people to be like. Yeah, exactly. Just just hitting a button. I remember I I went to one festival called the Echo Project one time, and just it's amazing the crowds that the DJs bring, and they're literally now now granted. The DJs do most of their work cutting and splicing on oh, no, you know when you're not it's, watching. It's yeah, it's amazing. And stuff. and. Uh, but yeah, just to stand there, like unless you're Daft Punk that's actually playing bass and drums, then it, it sort of feels like you're being cheated in my mind. I mean, I think even um, some of those the some of the guys, like you know, and I won't 
bring up the guy who just passed away, the Avicii guy or whatever. Yeah. I think there was, I read an article about, it may have been him, but um, well, I just did it. But they were getting so like jaded and depressed. Like, you know, they're playing in front of like, you go into Ibiza, Spain and playing in front of like 100,000 people or like whatever the number is. And they're like, I mean, you know how it is when you just go play a gig. And oh, yeah. You put your heart out and you're actually playing and singing. But, you know, maybe you do like 70% of the same songs. Because, yes. You know, because it's the, it's the. That's what the room wants. You know, it's the, the room wants and you got to do it and you got to, you know, they're waiting for it. Yeah. But he, you know, he got to the point where like he just was like. There, there, there was, there was an article about his whole like getting sad and stuff. But dude, it's so funny how and and I say funny, and that's not funny. It's just odd, and I say funny meaning odd or weird or strange. How people who usually get to that point that most of us aspire to get to, and then it's just like so unfulfilling that they are like, okay, so this is still not it, and then they turn to all of these other different things, like even. Prince of all people, who was the top dog? Yeah, just, uh, just, just apparently was just depressed. Robin Williams. Yeah, that's um, you know, those guys are you know special, special people, and maybe, absolutely, maybe they they hit such high levels because they they couldn't get where they wanted to be. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, same, yeah, I know, but um. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a sad world, man. That that these people are doing this stuff that's so unfulfilling, and, and you would you would have to think that maybe doing something the way that say a John Moreland or a Jason Isbell or even like a Father John Misty or the Flaming Lips, who are just doing what they want to do, they're definitely doing what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and uh, I mean that's got to be a, a whole world's more fulfilling than just like you say, just pushing the button for all these people to, I don't know. And, and it just makes me sad to see the mindlessness behind. And I use the word mindlessness and Shanna, I'm sorry. I, I, I love, I love Shanna to death. We've had really good conversation before at Tyler Brown's wedding about, uh, Luke Bryan or Eric Church or one of uh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. or one of the things, and I was like, it was the night that the greatest baseball game of all time was on television, and it was also the night of the Country Music Awards. And I said, listen, if you watched anything other than the greatest baseball game of all time, then shame on you. And <laughs> I caught hell from a lot of people like Timmy Pierce uh, said something. And, I was, and we, we've all talked about this since then. And Shanna as well. Shanna as well. And uh, I was just like, okay, so that sort of solidified on Facebook where I stood on the sure. whole, yeah. on the whole country thing. And from there on out, there's been a lot of people who were just like, you know, you should really just give this person a chance. Like, Listen to their whole album, and I'm like, so not gonna do that. Yeah, man, it's uh, when I was in school in uh in the late '90s, I worked at a job at a place called Texans, and it was all huge, like a like a eighty thousand inch screen TV, and they played uh country music videos. But this is like in the era where it was like VHS tapes. Oh shit, yeah. Like, and we had four Billy of Ray them. Cyrus. Oh, all that. 
Yeah. All, man. I mean, but you know what? And within it, because, you know, my parents, like, uh, you know, are from here and they were hippies, big time hippies, but there was no country music in the house because they were kind of like coming up around here. They were definitely went a different direction. Yeah. With, with that, than that, because it was definitely like, you know, when like the Kenny Rogers and like all that stuff was going on, that wasn't their, their situation. But, uh, but anyway, I was working at this Texans place and I, had already worked at Sounds Familiar with Seth and Jeff Roberts, so that was a huge, like, okay. That's a shove in the right direction. Okay, yeah. But, you know, like, BR549, Junior Brown, Dwight Yoakam is my dude. Bro. Dwight Yoakam is, like. my shit, man. But, you know, I had to listen, you know, for, for two years I worked at this place and listened to six hours of this shit every night. And it would be, like, you know, Allison Krauss would come on. But in between was some. You know, some some big, you know, God bless Texas. You know, like, you know, just yeah. it was like the glam rock era for country or something like that. Yeah, the the Sammy Kershaw's of the world and Joe Diffie's of the world. All that. You know, and sure, people love it. You know, like there's a lot of things that people like that I don't like and vice versa. Yeah. But what I'll say is if you open your mind, you might just find something you like. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of new guys out there killing it right now. Luke Combs comes to mind. Have you heard of him? I'm familiar with the name. I haven't listened to him too much. He sings the same kind of... He has the same sort of songs that other people are doing, but he writes them. Okay, yeah. And and, and that's a big difference. That's a big deal. A lot of folks don't know. In Nashville and even even out, out west, probably if you go through your top 40, there's, what, five songwriters? Uh, I can't say for a fact, but, but somewhere, I've, I've seen I've seen research on this. Yes, yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that there's only a few people who are writing all of the songs that you like on the radio right now, and that goes for every genre of music. There's something to be said for somebody who actually writes their own shit. And Luke Combs, he wrote a song about is is clever, and he was like, I wrote this song last night, and he played it at this gig, and he's like. Uh, Talking about how he's been let down left and right, left and right, and then it's like by everything except for cold beer. It's like cold beer has never let me down, and he's singing about beer, which is the 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 cliche country thing to sing about now. But he's writing it himself, and that's that's just you don't you don't you don't have that for on for somebody who's in his position a lot these days. Yeah, you're you're totally right. I, I I don't know who writes all the tunes for for everybody, but I know like a lot of the guys that you like and I like, you know, it, it, they make it specifically clear somebody was else was involved. But like, yes. I tell you, knocks me out. And I, actually, I had to quit listening to it the other day because it was a little bit too sad. Was uh, B J Barham and like never uh, heard of that. Well, he's the 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 man dude from Aquarium uh, American Aquarium. Hmm. I almost said Aquarium Rescue Unit, which is a totally different thing. But American Aquarium, they're uh, originally out of, they're out of Raleigh, or actually like uh, Rockingham, North Carolina. Rockingham? I spent a lot of time up there. Man, well, if you listen to this, it's like listening to like Isbell, the Truckers, or anything like Tyler Childers, is another one of my new favorites. Like, Yeah, I hadn't, got, I hadn't done that yet, but. You're going to love it because it's like they're close enough to our age where it doesn't sound like nostalgia. Yeah. So they kind of like poke holes in it a little bit okay you know what i mean like okay i like that and uh but it still you know has that organic sound to it you know it's definitely not they're not trying to like you know 
put people on a dance floor. Yeah, well, that's. I think that that is uh, something that I actually learned from Corinne from Sweet Sweet. Actually, actually, and she doesn't even know that she did this probably. But one day I asked her, and I was talking to her and her and uh, Jeremy, and Jeremy was the same. Like he pretty much echoed the same thing. Was like, I just get on stage and if I play what I want to play, I'd never get a clap, you know, and you sort of being in this industry and this cover, like we are expected to do mostly covers in, in our, in our art. And you tend to lean on the applause and you lean on filling up the tip jar and getting booked again. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I not having an awkward three, four hour night. Exactly. And I was talking to them about it and I was like, how do you guys, cause sweet, sweet gets away with doing exactly what they want to do. They own it. They do it and they, they stick with it. And, and she was just like, well, we just, we just do it. And she was like, if they don't like it, they don't like it. We do what we want to do. And, and, uh, the ones that, the ones that dig it, will really dig it. And I was like, holy shit. So you just, you just, you just do it. Yeah. I got some really great advice, uh, on Monday from, uh, the record, the band, the record company. You familiar with them at all, right? I, I, I yeah. see. Do they do the South by South? Uh, well, it wasn't even South by Southeast. It was, um, Oh, the, 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 the new South thing. Yeah. They, they played, well, they played at new South brewing, which is, you know, awesome local hangout, locally owned and operated great beers and stuff. Yep. Um, but it was with the radio stations, they're doing premature cause they actually have like a couple top 10 singles right now. And they're a pretty organic. Really? Band. Yeah. They're a three piece. It's real. Like, it's like, I tell you, it, to me, it's like if you mix the black keys and Ben Harper. With you know, for like, for lack of a better or apparent reference, but it, you know, there's like some slide guitar, there's some blues grooves, um, and and it's all originals, of course, yeah, because they're like touring, like playing with big bands. But you know, we're at New South, so we got to talk to all these guys, and they're all cool. And uh, we talked to the main dude, and uh, you know, they put out an album in 2016 that they recorded in their bass player's living room. Got I love up. that. You know, like no multi-tracking, no crazy producers, nothing. And then now they're doing this. But what he told me and uh, Jen, you know, because we were like talking about our situation like that. Yeah. Lean toward the covers in the class. He's like, you need two acts. You need to either like, you know, not confuse people, maybe like come up with a new name, like, you know, and do your money gigs, you know, play your covers. And you play the covers you want do the things you're doing, but get a 45-minute set that's like – knocks people out of your originals, you know, do one cover just so everybody, you know, can clap at the end. But he was like, you know, then go and pursue that and, and, you know, check out like opening for like original bands. Cause like, you know, I just, I've opened for huh. some of these, I've opened for three of these, like, you know, big tribute bands at the house of blues. Like yeah. that's just me on stage. And what I do is I basically, Dude, how big is that room by yourself up there? Dude, there's like 11, 1,200 people there. The other night. Oh, man, I saw. I saw that, dude. That's crazy. But, you know, I've always said it's easier to play in front of 100 people than 10 people. So yes. I just try to make it, you know. Yeah, I'd, same here. I just try to, like, you know, buckle in and, and feed off of it because, uh, you know, it was going good. It went well. It went well. But That's uh, really good. But, you know, if I'm going out there and playing Tom Petty and, you know, uh, Deep Cuts by this band or that band, even though they're, like, things you never hear anywhere – 
Yeah. I'm not opening for like the bands that I want to open for. Absolutely. So you got to get your own stuff together and that's going to be phase two this year. Good. That that's, that's good. That's a, it's, it's rare that in, it is rare to define goals amongst us. You know, (laughs) It's, it's, it's daunting. It is, man. It's a job. It's a, it's work. I tell you, well, you know, well, Jen's, you know, she's got her own career and everything. So she actually is able to focus on like, you know, she's, she writes and like, I've been blown away. So now I'm like, kind of like, wow, now I got to like step up and, you know, yeah. And like, you know, hold my half. But, um, I try to write as often as possible. I try to stay constantly writing, whether it's just a four lines I, I always write. If, if it goes in, I, I have to write it. I'm good at starting. I'm really bad at finishing. Well, do, when you when you write, how do you what, what comes first? I usually hear like a usually comes on lyrics first because like I've just always be playing guitar. Yeah, yeah. And the way I play guitar is not usually usually conducive to yeah to like song structures. So I'll, I'll hear like a like a cool turn of a phrase. Or I'll think about something or a memory yeah. or I'll put myself in somebody else's shoes for a minute. And then I'll try to, you know, fit it with something that's not too complicated or cumbersome. Yeah. And so you go somewhere. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah that's that's of, the same thing that I do. I'm still working on it, man. It's, I do it's, that it's, as well. It's a, it's, a, it, it's, it's a hurdle I'm still trying to get over. Like, you know, like, you know, I grew up playing guitar and I was always like hot on playing guitar. Yes. And then um, sort of fell into the situation where they're like, well, you should play out. And then, you know, then, you know, then I had to, like, learn a ton of material and deal with rooms and yep. running sound and singing and all that stuff. And I've got all that kind of hammered down right now. So now oh, it's yeah. trying to be get back to being artistic because it was really artistic before all that. It became it became like a whole like yes like like five year progression of like just learn how to be professional and and you're in it before you realize it or I was yeah oh yeah yeah Jen booked me my first gig and I had like zero equipment like really she didn't realize you know you needed like yeah a whole bunch of stuff to do this and well here I am here I am today. Podcasting dude, with my, my dude Kelsey Hudgens. Podcasting with brother Jeff Thomas on Merle's on the yeah. stuff. This is one of my, my very favorite, and I, and, I, and I have to say my very favorite because I don't have any favorites because there's so many good friends and musicians yeah, in this man. little neck of the woods. We're it's, very lucky here. We're, it is. It's 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 abnormal. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna. Um, I, I we we I went off on a tangent earlier, but uh, when when I was asking, did you ever think about going to Nashville or Austin? I'm like, why would we want to go anywhere else? Because we have a really nice little pocket of artists here. Yeah, you know, you can you can make a a bit of a living. You know, you can work. Yes. You know, you're not gonna. You know, you have to like you know clarify your goals. Like you know, what do you want to happen? You know, I think. Yes, there's definitely not going to be, you know, a whole bunch of record execs like hanging out at Wahoos. You're right. You know, and, no, nothing is Wahoos, but I'm just saying there might be. You, you might be in the right spot at the right time, but you kind of need to go in cities. And- yes, and I'm sort of, I sort of uh, stay away from that because of the record exec thing. Because I am just uh, so against big music. As a conglomerate, basically, and, and I just, 
don't agree with the fact that most people, if you get involved in something like that, they're going to try to put their stamp on you and make you sound just like everybody else is under their umbrella. Mostly. Like, if you get lucky enough to get hooked up with a Jimmy Iovine or Rick Rubin I mean, or something like that. It might make like you that. sound better. You never know. At some point. You know, that, that's one thing. Like, you know, I depends on the on the situation. And I'm, I've not been in that exact situation. Yeah. Everything's been pretty organic that I've ever recorded. But, uh, you know, Jimmy Iovine recorded You Don't Have to Live Like a Refugee. Yeah. You know, like Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers did 68 takes on that guitar. I would have lost my mind. But, yeah, you're right. But when you hear that song, oh, that was that was one of the things the dude from the record company said the other day. We were talking about Jen mentioned Loretta Lynn or something. She was like, "Well, he goes, well, that's cool, but when you listen to Loretta Lynn or when you appreciate Loretta Lynn, is it because you've gone to see her live a bunch of times or because you know the record?" That's a huge difference. And he is like, "It's invest in your recordings," is what he was pointing out. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's true, um, and I have a lot of those, but I would personally prefer that the music be true to the artist rather than be perfect. Agreed, yeah. And and I feel I feel personally like a lot of a lot of artists may lose that in the studio. Like if you try, usually, and in, in my my uh, experience recording when I before I came to the beach, right when I recorded with Fred Shaw in uh, Florence, was that usually my first take on things is usually the one. Yeah, it, it, yeah. After you do five or six more, after then you go back and listen to the first one, you're like, you know what? I think that that might have been it. Warts and all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just don't have a clunker. Like, we, we did that up at Ed's place. We had this, like, I was like, I can't believe we're almost done with the song. We have in clunk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that happened. You, you can't think about it. You, you like have to put it all yeah. the way in the back of your mind that you're actually recording. Cornbread did that. We did uh, that, that little five song. I don't know if you heard you heard that little five song I, EP I yeah. uh, that we recorded. Um, all originals. And uh, we did it up, up with Brother Ed, and who, who plays a lot of gigs with us, guys. Ed Dennis is a monster. He's he's the guy. He does a lot of gigs with us. He's a great guitar player, great producer. He records everything just like the Beatles did. Cool cat. Very cool dude. A yeah. uh, lot of records. He's another record head. Um, but we recorded that, and it was we we went in there, and I think it was uh, two sessions. And we did five songs, and it was mostly just, uh, mostly like two or three takes. And uh, they're we like, "Do you want to do room? it again?" Yeah, and it's like, "Do you want to do it again?" And I'm like, "We could, but we're gonna have to recreate this stuff live, you know. So you you have to you have to be careful and not to to do the Beach Boys mistake when they get Glenn Campbell to do all these great guitar licks, and then none of them can play them live." Yeah. So uh, you have to be careful uh, uh, trying to. Uh, I mean, they make it happen on Saturday Night Live, but I think they have like yeah, like tech support like crazy going on. Exactly. By by the way, getting back to that, also like not just the anti hip hop thing. Did you see Jack White on that? No. Was he great? No. On on Saturday Night Live. 
like I'll 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 take this one. I did not think it was good. In fact, I thought it was pretty rough. It's very like you know he might be like two years ahead of me right now, but it was like it felt desperate. It was it was something weird. Check oh, it out. Man. Yeah, that's the it. first album right there on the on the stack. Little White Stripes. Uh, so I really like Jack White, but I feel that. I don't know, man. He has to outdo himself every time. Yes. And he feels like he has he's going, to. He's going extra, 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 extra weird. Yes. It's like having like Carolina Reaper wings, like when you really just want hot wings. Exactly. Like I don't need all of that. Like I get it, yeah. but I don't need. I like you. I like you the way you were, buddy. Yeah. You know, you, you're good. Um, the Rack and Tours, Counselor of the Counselors of the Lonely yeah, is one story. of the yeah. greatest albums ever. The Elephant White Stripes is fantastic. Um, I, he, he lost me somewhere around the dead weather. Yeah. Like I've always been kind of one foot in one foot out. Like yeah. I'll, I'll hear some things that I really like. There's some things I'm kind of like, eh, you know, and, and he has this bigger than life persona. So like, you know, he is Jack white. Yes. It's like, kind of like, like he is giant Depp, you know, like with a guitar or something like that. Um, yeah. So I think he has to like live up to it. You know, like you ever see that, uh, if it gets loud, or, yeah, it might get loud. It might get loud. Yeah, yes. like uh, that's actually, actually the first time I really was like, "All right, this guy's not just like an act." Same here. I, I, he was walking. I, like I thought he was just kind of like putting us on for a little while, you know, or like a punk yeah. rock guy. Because there used to be this guy named John Spencer, John Spencer Blues Explosion, that sounded a lot like him back in the '90s, and he was also from like New York or Detroit or something like that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like when I saw that movie, like I thought he was the best guy in it. And I'm a, you know, I I did too. I just thought it was awesome that uh, they're all sitting here, like he's sitting here teaching Jimmy Page how to play Seven Nation Army. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> you're showing the guy, you're showing the guitar player, and Jimmy Page is a great guitar player. He stole a lot of the things that he played, but we all do that. Absolutely. We all do that. And I read an article the other day about Jimmy Page. Is Jimmy Page the greatest guitar player of all time? I can't remember who shared it, but um, it was one of the things that we undoubtedly follow, like No Depression or something sure, like that. Yeah. And um, it was like, well, somebody wrote this article, like, he stole a lot of the things that he did. And I was like, you obviously don't play guitar because that's all we do is steal. Every blues song ever. We steal everything we like. Rolling Stones, early Beatles. Yeah, everything. Elvis, Chuck Berry. You know, like it's. There's only so much you can do. Well, you end up sounding like yes. Yeah, which well, is also yeah, exactly. super cool too. But you know, but yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Page, like great songwriter, great producer. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And like you know, I've heard some of the things he stole. You know, like he did steal from Helen Wolf. Oh yeah, but you know, who wouldn't? But yeah, so, did every, so is everyone else. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like that band Spirit, which is like one of the like. My dad has this like whole crate of like psychedelic albums that like you've never heard of. Yeah, you know, like you know, for every like band we have heard of, there's like a whole bunch we haven't. Absolutely. And, like, and one of those bands was Spirit, and that was the one that was everybody. They were suing them for Stairway to Heaven. They had this uh, song called Taurus. It's a it's a descending A minor riff, y'all. That's it, all it is. You know, it could also be Jerry uh, Garcia does it in damn near every lead he plays. It, it could also be. Uh, While my guitar gently weeps, yes. or uh, a whole bunch Joni Mitchell, or, or, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. While my guitar gently weeps, ironically enough, is the same exact thing as Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, except in a major. Okay. 
100 because we do that we've started i've started mixing those two together which is almost the same thing as like a stone by audio slave okay we yeah. do i i, I like I, to I, throw to to like hear it in my head but i hear it now. yeah all of those all of those songs are basically the same and anybody who's ever uh anybody who ever sees cornbread play we like to do that a lot and it's sort of like and prettier than matt does the same thing it's sort of like poking fun at how at the how everything is the same. Like all the songs are the same. There's just we, a few different chords in a couple of them. We do a, like a honky tonk, a blues type medley, which man, I could, could do a write. dozen songs. You, I mean, we, I stop it because Jen just is like kicks me. It's just like, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it used to get, it used to get like that in the band <laughs> with like, with like Adam. He's like, dude, we're just playing the same thing over and over. And I was like, you need to listen to more grateful dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which he did actually. I got Adam Justice on the Grateful Dead train finally. That's he's like, funny. he's he's finally like, you know what, man? I was listening to it one day and I was just like, this is stupid. This is stupid. I don't know how anybody gets this. And then he heard Bertha, and he was like, oh, I get it. Bertha's the one that got him of all the ones. Yeah, you know, like I, I grew up with a ton of Deadheads, like like serious, like the Todd Brothers Garage. There's only one band in the world, right? Well. If it was ever like, can you put on something different? It would be like Merle Saunders, or like you know, maybe you get like a Bob Marley, like once, once, once a month. But it, you know, it was cool. Like and, and I, but like it, it kind of kept me like from going all in because I was like already halfway oh, yeah. in. Like all my best friends, like every time I hung out with them, so I was like one foot in with the like the hippies, one foot in with the punk rockers and stuff like that. So it was actually best of both worlds network for me but yeah like what's your favorite dead song or like give me three not favorites no like one two three none of that just pick three uh to keep it easy instead of make it one tennessee jed um saint Stephen, and Candyman. all right i'll go althea Ooh. um eyes of the world eyes of the world's good Oh, let me think. Wake up to find out. Oh man, there's so many. It's so really hard. Dude, the dead's great. Yeah. Oh, unbroken chain. Yeah. Ah, there you go. That's Pigpen, wasn't it? That was old dead. Uh, that, that's a Phil Lush one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my parents had one dead album. It was Mars Hotel. Mars Hotel. I, I got one dead album. It's American Beauty. Oh, that's a good one to have. Yeah. Um, the the man the dead's just. It's the kind of thing that I heard at first, and I had I had a friend that was really into the Grateful Dead, and I was like, sort of, I, I could see that that life was just calling to me. So I was like, okay, so I got to like the Grateful Dead now, huh? Okay, so I'll do that. But then I started listening to it, and I was just like, you know what, man? I just, this isn't that good. And and then one day, it, it clicked. And it was Tennessee Jed. One day, it just I was like, okay, well, I get it. The one, the one of the biggest things with them and other jam bands that have come, you know, since and stuff is the lyrics are there. Yes, the stories. Yeah, are the, there. I mean, it's it's from a different like. And Robert Hunter like was the guy yes. on a lot of that stuff. R.I.P. Rob. Um, but yeah, you know, like it, it wasn't always hitting with me either. You know, sometimes it was hidden, even early on. Yes. Like, early on, I was, like, digging it, but, like, I needed to, like, okay. Like, I worked, yeah. I worked at a surf shop where we listened to reggae nonstop. Like, oh, my God. Eight-hour shifts. That's my least favorite type of music. I can only listen to it, like, in the early spring when I'm starting to get happy again. 
because the rest of the year it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, exactly. And then then I get cynical. Like when it gets to summertime and I start to see all like the like like a hole like, like yeah. reggae kids. <laughs> yeah, like the like the, the the guy with the dreads who requests Sublime. <laughs> hey, yes. Dude, we get it. Yeah, man. Hey, man, can you play Santa Ria? By the way, I listened to like one year in college. I probably listened to Sublime like damn near every day. So I'm not going to be mad at oh, that. Oh yeah, same here. I I, I love that Sublime was 1998. When it was new. You know, like yeah, you know, and that was like, but that was when Bradley was still with us. Some of these kids weren't even born yet. I know, man. Like, yeah, have you been? Like, I've been to one Bad Fish concert, and I was like, yeah, who are these children? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I used to work in some restaurants, and it's it funny, but, like, apparently it holds up, you know? But in beach towns and surf towns, it always holds up. I was listening to some of that today. Like, it gets chicks dancing. Oh, yeah. Which gets dudes dancing. Like, it's, yeah, hard, that's it's really hard to dance to the 400 unit sometimes. You sort of have to play yeah. to the girls sometimes. Like, if, it, like if, if, you, if you're not doing well, just play a Tom Petty song, any Tom Petty song. Yeah. And, and, and... Prince, yeah, yeah, exactly. Any anything like, or, or don't stop believing, dude. We were doing. You guys do that, dude. I, this is great. Uh, so we were at Bubba's. Me and Smitty were at Bubba's the other night, and I've got this. Uh, I got this hip hop jam that I do. That's uh, we do Tyrone into mm-hmm. uh, No Diggity. You've probably heard this. Sure, this one. sure, yeah. Um, we do the Tyrone into No Diggity, and uh, do a couple of like like slow R and B tunes, like some R Kelly. And it's all the same riff. Yeah. But it wasn't working. Like, I was looking around the room, and it was like the crowd said that they should have liked that, but they didn't. And I was like, it was just a bunch of younger girls. And, and I was like, man, maybe we just outgrew. Maybe maybe we just outgrew the room. This happens sometimes, brother. Dude. So I look at Smitty, and he God is God and Smitty as my like, witness. No I scrubs. Said, What's that? We, exactly. Yeah. I was like, watch the room. Watch what happens to the room right now. And this was an A minor jam, so I go to the C and just a small town girl. Immediately before I could do before I could finish that oh. third line, oh. the dance floor was completely full uh, and it was just they lost their shit. Okay. What what was the average age of that room, by the way? The average age was probably twenty five. No, nah, it was a little little better than that. It was probably thirty. Yeah, thirty five. Okay, thirty, okay. thirty-five. I was just—it was just the. It, it, it to me, it looked like the the old the the older ladies, and not by I say older ladies. I mean the the ladies probably around our age group was sort of like showing the young girls like, okay, this is the kind of stuff that that we had back in the day. It was sort of like just a. a it was nice. It, it, it was good know, to see. Journey wasn't. Well, Journey was cool. Like at one point until they got played out, and then it went away. Yeah, and you know who I blame. The Sopranos. Really? They did that uh, when they did the Sopranos finale. They did the, the last scene where, like, Tony and Carmella and all them walk into the thing, and they start doing Don't Stop Believing." That shit blew up. Huh. From that point on. I never watched Sopranos. I need to do that. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> Everybody has that same exact look you, you just gave are me. Are you joking me, bro? Everybody uh, has that same exact look you just gave cause, me. Because, I mean, it's like, I, I, I think, yeah. Anyway, um, but anyway, so they, 
So that ruined the ending. So the ending is they. Play, oh no no they, no! They play I, that. No. But yeah, definitely worth watching, dude. I, I know I, I've I've been alive in the last fifteen yeah. years, so I've I you, know you, all the you've, spoilers. You've gotten that look a hundred times. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I might rewatch it, but anyway, like, but yeah, whenever they did that, like, you know, Sopranos because the Sopranos was huge. Yeah. And then they finale with that, and it blew up Journey again in a way. Like I know guys that play at like the Crocodile Rocks bars. And, oh yeah. And it's just inescapable. Dude, it, dude, it sends a room full of females absolutely batshit crazy. Like they yeah. just go nuts. And and I was like, man, you you just wouldn't you wouldn't believe if I didn't look at Smitty and say, watch what the room does right now. Like it, it, I was like, just watch this room, watch I, these. people. I've done that. Like you know, depending on the room, I've done that with like you know, like all else fails, you play a Johnny Cash or like a or friend of the devil of low places, or, you know? Yeah. You can reel them in. I call them the reel them in songs. Yep. You know, and sometimes you got to do it because this is a job. Yeah, exactly. That, and we have, have to, to play it. for three to four hours. It's not a 45 minute or 90 yeah, minute, exactly. 90 minute power set. You know, it's. Yeah, exactly. You have to do, uh, yeah, you, you have to do what the room's calling for because that's what they pay you to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what's your uh, it, what is your go to? Everybody's got like what's your what you got a couple of go tos that you that you're real amends. You said you're Johnny Cash. Is there any go to? Well, I mean, Balsam I tr- Prison. I mean, I've it's gotten to the point where I've tried to retire even some of those. Yeah. Um, Same and, here, and it depends, you know, because like Folsom because you know that's everybody's real man, but you know it still works, it still works, like. Yep. And still a great song. I've seen the handwritten lyrics up at the Johnny Cash Museum in Nashville. And he wrote it just still that way. Yeah, they got it up there. I've seen the guitar. And it, if, you, if you ever go to Nashville and you want to do one touristy thing that's worth $15, go to the Johnny Cash Museum. I'll give you your money back if you don't believe me. Um, it's, it's, it's legit. I'll um, check that out. But uh, let's see. Go, you know, like Friend of the Devil works a lot. Yep. Um, and I mostly... I mean, and a good song, but again, I've played it for years. Mostly I sing it, so on the third verse, I can steal from Billy Wright and say, I got a wife in Conway and one in Sacristy. <laughs> um, he did that one night, like, years ago, and I heard it, and I was like, yeah, that's just so damn clever. And, yeah. And and most people don't catch it, but if they do, they, like, really get a kick out of it. Ed, Ed changes it to where he's at. Yeah. He says if he's playing, he's got a wife in Burgess and one in. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What's another? You know, it, with me and Jen, like, uh, Abrams things, we, uh, you know, we do some fairly obscure things here and there. But, yeah, we got some, you know, some Johnny and June. But, you know, what works really good, um, she does Don't Think Twice is All Right. Oh, man. Dude, she sings that like Susan Tedeschi. It's, it's murderous. And uh, also uh, The Pretenders, Back on the Chain Gang. Because that's like one of those, like, upbeat, like, 80s. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in an 80s movie all of a sudden kind of yeah. tunes. And, and it's really fun to play. So we have those because, like, if we get too far into Americana and stuff like that or it gets too – we had somebody ask us for something with less twang the other night. And we are like, I don't know, man. Oh, man. Don't you hate it when they do that? <laughs> or, or, play something more upbeat. I mean – I get that a lot. Like, play something more upbeat. And I'm like – uh, how about the, here you go you ever like have a you're on the way to a gig or you you know you know and you kind of think it's gonna be like you know not the the normal gig yeah you're like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna try this you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna like you have like a, a game plan in mind and you get there yeah. and the crowd's totally not that's why i don't make set lists not I, we don't make set lists either but like sometimes i'll have like a mental like game yeah, plan yeah. and i want to like 
you know, maybe work on like a different A new thing. song you're gonna try, yeah. I mean not I mean I'll work it out before, but like, you know, try some new things out for a yeah. crowd, but yeah, it's it's tough. I never I never practice songs. I always do them. The first time I do them is usually in front of people. If Jim was here right now, she would she would be like pointing at me <laughs> like this guy. She likes to practice right before the gig. I don't. I don't. I mean, I but it, it, it works. It, it makes it her mind easier, so it makes the gig go better. But I, yeah. I don't. I don't like to like. You know, I, my I, my job is to pack up that and energy. organize. I don't like to like. And yeah. then if you don't have like a great practice, then you to carry all that with you. Yeah. To the thing, like I like to like you know get there early enough to set up, catch my breath, think for a second. And then go up and give them both barrels, you know? Dude, it, it, for me, I would rather get there 20 minutes before I'm supposed to start playing, take that 20 minutes to set up, go ahead and immediately play and never stop until the end. Like, just no, no, like, do it, do it, do it, and just be done. Yeah, that's why I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't solicit requests. Yeah. You know, I actually, I have been thinking about for some of those gigs, like boardwalks or whatever, like, uh, you know, making that like, was that was me last night. I was up there making like a laminated sheet. You know, of like here's sixty songs that I can play that I like. Yeah, I'm not gonna play anything I hate. You know, I'll do it. But people are always like, "So what do you? What kind of music do you do? Or you know, what do you know? Or <laughs> I say can, mostly rap. Or or they look at your book and they're like, Yeah, who the hell is Aaron Lee Tazjan or you know whatever? Yeah, um, the thing might be. So I think I might do a laminated sheet. I've never done anything like that, but it'll make it easier because, like, inevitably in the summer I'm going to get requests. And so I could, like, oh, yeah. hand them, here's, like, 50 songs. If you can't pick one out of those 50, like, come back with something else. But, we we talked about doing the wheel, like five bucks to spin the wheel. That's ju- that's good. That's good. Um, but But that was years ago, and we never did it. Instead, we started – I started asking the crowd to try to stump me. Ooh, ooh. And what's funny? You must you must be on some some level. I'm not, man. That's no, 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 no. Scary. Well, well, if you if you do it right and you say, okay, if you try to stump me, you're gonna succeed. But obviously, give me the benefit of the doubt. Right. Like, work like, with me here. Yeah, work with me here. Like they they'll usually if somebody requests a song, I could do. I'll say I could do something close, and I always call that like a sack fly or a sack bunt, like runners advance. Yeah, I, I, I said, give me an artist or a genre, or, oh, yeah, or pick like a that. decade, pick yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that that, that that's exactly yeah. what, what we all do. I'm, I'm sure, but like, you know, like like like, like Paul Grimshaw, it'd be hard to stump that guy. There's a few yeah, other guys, man, He's that are just like. I, I remember Paul. He used to play it. Uh, beach cove when i did umbrellas for the city of north myrtle beach yeah like he was he was his song list is incredible he knows he knows more bowie songs than than i know johnny cash songs and that's a huge that's a that's a thing yeah well yeah and beatles and all that stuff yeah yeah Yeah, he he plays it he plays it right but yeah i never well, I, I've had some funny ones too. I had a girl come up one time at, at Hot Fish, and she's like, "Can you play Sunday Morning?" And I'm like, "I never." Okay, cool. Never would have guessed. So I immediately, in my mind, like I start because you know, me and Jen have been doing like I had at the time been doing Sunday Morning by the Velvet Underground. So I start going Sunday Morning. You know, brings the yeah. Yeah, you know, I start doing the Velvet Underground song, and everybody's like. Whew. 
It's a Maroon Five song. I had no, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I did a whole song, and they just looked at me like, like I was crazy. But like, I didn't know. Dude, okay, so that happened to me. That happened to me with uh, shit. What was it? Um, I can't remember. It was some. It was just, just that um, same situation. Uh, uh, well, we played a friend of ours' wedding. Uh, from from uh, Roddy from New South's wedding, and uh, he wanted us to play Jolene. And there's like three of them. Well, he actually like the re- probably the reason we. I mean, we. We got the job, got the job, whatever. But it was it was a great gig, and we had a great time. But we played Jolene by Dolly Parton, which yeah. was like Allie's like favorite from Nacho. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was her favorite thing. But he's like everybody else that we asked to play this either plays like Ray LaMontagne or the Zach Brown version of Ray LaMontagne because yeah, like Jolene. You know, there's two two different songs. We we didn't we didn't know that we were doing we were doing the uh, like the old you know shit kicking version. Um, there's another one by a band called the Weepies. Sure. Sure. Dude, it's so good. It's, there's, it's like, um, is it still raining everywhere you are? Jolene, 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 is it still raining everywhere you are? Or another one. uh, That would be good for you guys. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Miss Ohio is a Jillian Welch song. I started, I did that the other day and fucked up all the words. Oh man. Um, you can come sit in with us and do that sometime. But yeah, it's a Jillian Welch and Dave Rollins song, but and we didn't know that. We were just doing it. And all of a sudden people were like really like like getting into it. We we're like, shit, yeah, you know, like this is working. And apparently Miranda Lambert had covered it. We had because no, we don't listen to that and it just Oh man. Well, no, it worked great. It worked out great for us. And uh even one of those bands like Blind Pilot, like, you know, Charles yeah. was covering it like third generation. Like off of like an indie band, Blind Pilot was they they did they did the first cover right, and then a band of Heathens was doing it the other day. You know, like oh man, so yeah, there's like this one song's like there's four versions of it out there, and like good because we do it well, and you'll know yeah. one of them. Exactly, uh, <laughs> we 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 just started doing a band of Heathens song. The uh, um, uh, I was born Hurricane the, Hurricane. Yeah, we, yeah, we've been doing that one for a while. Yeah, that's that's a good one. It's a Leave on Helm song. Levon wrote that. Yep, that was on Are one of you the... shitting me? No, sir. I found it out the same way you did just now. Like there uh, you go, Smitty. Yeah, Levon Helm did that on one of his solo albums, I believe. Wow. And you know, I may even be so wrong as it's somebody else's song, but I think it's Levon wrote it. And I, I, what "Born in the Rain" or "La Poncha Train" underneath the Louisiana Moon? Yeah, I mean that song. Oh, I would love good. to hear him sing that. It, his version's different. Twenty percenters. So, um, oh yeah, you're looking at battery power. Yeah, are we almost rapping? We're, 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 uh, what do you? What do you? What, what's your mind? I usually got a. Uh, I usually got. What I was gonna do this at the very end was I usually give three things you should watch and three things you should listen to. Sure, sure. Which you've noticed. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna let you. Uh, I was going to let you do that, but and we've 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 talked about just about everything that I had in this list here, and uh, we and we're 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 around the hour nine minute mark, so it probably is a, yeah. a, around a good good wrap up time. No, super good talk, but it was a great talk. But one last thing that I have here, what is your favorite song to play? Um, well, I tell you what, 
it's a fun song because it's got a cool little riff in it, and it's one of the like the first songs when I was like maybe like fifteen, where I was like, "Wow, this is working out." But I like to play "Over the Hills and Far Away." Hmm. It's it's a song I like, and it's a song I've heard like ten bazillion times, which usually doesn't work for me. Yeah. But it's got it, but it grabs people because they don't hear it a lot. I opened with that at the House of Blues the other night because it's got that riff. Everyone knows that riff immediately. But then, you know, like I segue it into Jane Says and do all this, like, you know, leads and stuff like around it and come back in on the the high part. Yeah. Um, So that one's always really fun, mostly because people really like it and it surprises them and it keeps my hands like, you know, and, and and I'm comfortable. Yeah. You know, as far as otherwise, like, uh, oh, other one. And this is uh, segues into, like, people you should listen to. Turnpike Troubadours. I love playing this one with the apron strings. It's called uh, Every Girl I've Ever Known. Um, it's, a, it's an upbeat, storytelling, uh, you know, honky-tonking song. Um, but it, it reminds me, like, I described it to my friend in California. I was like, if Buck Owens had been an REM, he would have sounded like the Turnpike Troubadours. That's huh. my that's my take that's cool. on those guys because it's great songwriting and it's not like it's not super cliched country. Yeah, you know, like they're not like you know, like I think Jamie Johnson's awesome and stuff like that. But they're not really like owning that whole like yeah thing. You know what I mean? They're like trying to you know what I'm saying? Yeah, go go elsewhere with the. They're, they're not yeah. trying to be confined. Well, okay. So, like, for instance, like, you know, we were talking about, like, you know, Jason Isbell has been, like, the, the Nashville, like, everybody's, like, calling him the new he's country the, guy. Yeah, he's the savior of Nashville. But to me, you know, that nobody ever said that Tom Petty was the savior of Nashville or that Neil Young was. And, like, Isbell's albums to me. is country. But, yeah, the, the albums are very similar, but it reminds me more of, like, Isbell's albums remind me more of their stuff. Yeah, you're a dude, Anxiety. I saw that last, yeah. Dude. No, no, that's him breaking out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or even at the, even at the end of children of children on, um, where Sadler does the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see him after a Braves game in, uh, that's going to be so good for you, brother. Yeah. Memorial day. They they killed it in Savannah. I got an extra ticket. I can't, man. I'm, 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 I'm budgeted out. For, I hear for, you. We're going to see uh, uh, Tedeschi Trucks, the Truckers, and Marcus King in Charleston. I heard good things about Marcus King. He's from Charleston, right? He's from Spartanburg. Actually. I've heard really good. That Daryl talked about dogs very highly of him. He's he's, he's got like, some pipes, man. He's got it all, dude. He's he's got he's got a lot of lot of good stuff going on. We'll, we'll take it on, Kelsey. So uh, what, I'm going to let you you do your uh, – what, what, what's three things that people should listen to that they wouldn't normally be able to hear on radio or such? All right. Uh, go on YouTube and look up anything about Aaron Lee Taschen. Um, my good friends, uh, Lizzie Trance, Kramer, and Lena turned me on to him last year. We saw them him at the uh, High Water Music Festival a year, a year ago in Charleston. He is uh, really, like, awesome. Like, if Graham Parsons – uh, did some psychedelic like George Jones type stuff, but it's it like Father John Misty. It's kind of in that like psychedelic yeah. country range, and apparently he also sometimes plays guitar with Ray Wiley Hubbard. He's another one of my favorite dudes. Um, yeah, uh, another songwriter guy, uh, Tyler Childers. Tyler Childers is a younger fella from uh, Kentucky. Um, kind of came up in the in the wake of Sturgill 
and uh, Stapleton and those guys, but his songs are super badass. He's got an album out called Purgatory. That's really good. Uh, just started watching a new uh, Hulu original series in the last couple of days called The Looming Tower. Hmm. It's got Jeff Daniels from the newsroom in it. Oh, dude, greatest show ever. And it's like kind of set in the mid to late 90s pre Bin Laden, which I mean, like some of that's like sort of depressing to watch again. Like, yeah, but it's definitely like on that like homeland conspiracy, yeah. like what's going on. It's it's a lot to keep up with, but it's you know it's pretty well done. I've watched a few episodes of that, and uh, you know American Aquarium's got a new album out. They're uh, the chorus on their new song is uh, "Tough times don't last, only tough folks do." Oh shit! Yeah. And those guys that can turn a simple phrase like that and make a song out of it, I got nothing but but claps for them. It's a good one. Yeah, they were downstairs one night at Pirates Cove when I was upstairs. Yeah, isn't that crazy? They're they so used to play at Oceanfront Bar and Grill. That's so crazy. Yeah, Isabel produced their last their two albums ago. That's so crazy. They were about to quit. I'm glad that they didn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're really good. It, it's really cool to see somebody uh, like a uh, – they were a local – they were like a local band basically. Like I, I remember seeing them like – out of Raleigh. Front, yeah. uh, or, or, or Pirates Cove or places like that. I'm like – and now seeing them do what they're doing is really, really fucking awesome. Right on, but man. To add to that, the newsroom. Watch the newsroom as well. Fantastic show. But anyway – uh, good shit, brother Jeff. Thank you for coming, my friend. Hey, it's great to be the first guest. I can't have West Standish taking my <laughs> taking my my swag. Uh, West Standish couldn't take nobody's swag. He was riding a tractor around uh, uh, Tito's the other night. But anyway, we're gonna get out of here, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, Merle's Inlet stuff. Merle's Inlet stuff. Episode eighteen. Jeff Thomas, uh, a listener who has helped us get in the one hundreds from the two thousands. Man, man, I love it, man. It's like Kelsey lives a long way away from me, so I can't hang out with him all the time. But I listen to the podcast, dude. I do the podcast for that reason, man. Good shit. All right, guys, we're getting out of here. Later, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>